What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Veats Podcast. I'm your host, Vito Stefano, and today I'm going to go over a hand that I played at a 2-3 No Limit Hold'em cash game uh, over at the South Point Casino here in Vegas, and really interesting hand because earlier in the day, the uh, main opponent that you will see on my screen shortly, if you're following along uh, on the YouTube channel, uh, I named him Guy I Bluffed Earlier on the Share My Pair app, if you're following along that way. And it's interesting because I had tried to pull off a huge bluff on this person earlier that totally backfired when he showed up with pocket aces and all the money went into the pot preflop. The good part for me, however, was that I actually spiked a two pair on him and took all of his chips. He ran to the ATM and rebought, and uh, he was definitely steaming. I think he was having a bad day, losing a bunch of pots, and he decided, uh, I think he was trying to come after me the rest of the day. And I hadn't really played too many pots with him, or at least anything of significance, until this hand. And this one uh, will get a lot of fun. So what we're going to do is I'm going to take you through the action following the Share My Pair app, if you're watching on the screen. And I'm going to talk about different bet sizes, and then also what uh, my opponent's range uh I'm thinking about as the hand progresses, which will help me determine, uh, you know, kind of really how much to bet and what part of their range I'm trying to exploit as the hand goes on. So just some of the things that I'm thinking about throughout the hand, and and, um, hopefully that helps you uh, if uh, you found uh, this material because you're trying to learn more poker and get better at it. So uh, without further ado, uh, let's get to the hand. So again, if you're following with me on the screen here, this is a great uh, tool called sharemypair.com. You can post uh, pretty much your hands that you played, and this will help you review your uh, play after when you're away from the table. So, uh, But basically, let me set the stage for you here. The uh, stack that's important is the guy I bluffed earlier has about $600. I have about 1000 so effectively my stack is also 600 because if we were both all in, I can only win $600. So let's just say the stacks are 600 and I am in early position under the gun, first to act, and I decide to make it $10, totally standard raise, just a little over 3x the blind, and we go to, uh, the action folds around to the uh, guy I bluffed earlier, he's in the hijack position, which is two off the button, and he decides to call the $10 as well, and then it comes to the blinds, and both blinds complete the bet, So there's going to be four of us that go to the flop, and there's $40 in the pot. And my starting hand, if you didn't catch that, was a nine of spades, nine of clubs. I'm opening with pocket nines. Uh, Fantastic hand to have under the gun in No Limit Hold'em. Perfectly uh, acceptable raise there. And the uh, flop comes out, Yahtzee for me, it's nine of diamonds, three of diamonds, and jack of hearts. I could not have asked for a better flop, and this is uh, as good as it gets for me on the flop. So um, a lot of amateur players here, especially when it's four-handed and they're first to act, a lot of the times they will check here in hopes that somebody caught something, and they're hoping to check-raise it pretty big. And that's always a mistake. Uh, if, you're, if you're learning poker and you found this channel, you found this podcast, 
bet your premium hands because your goal when you have premium hands is to figure out how to make the most money. And you don't often do that by hoping to check raise somebody. Uh, so if you have a good hand, particularly when there's multiple people in the pot, you need to be betting that almost every time. And of course, there's always exceptions to that rule. But um, so I decided to make it $28 on the flop as I'm first to act. And the the reason that uh, I'm sorry, I'm not first to act. The blinds checked to me. I bet 28. The uh, guy I bluffed earlier called and both of the blinds folded. Um, sorry about that. And the reason I chose 28, that is, if my math's correct, uh, I'm betting 28 into 40. That's right around 70% of the pot. And the reason I'm doing that is if you look at the, the texture of the board, there's quite a few potential hands that my opponents could have, uh, mainly flush draws. And there are certainly a lot of straight draws. Uh, you know, the four-handed, someone could show up with 8-7. Uh, they certainly can show up with 10-8. Uh, queen 10, king queen, um, you know, maybe a queen eight. So there's a lot of hands that uh, could be available there for straights. And of course, the, the flush combinations of diamonds, and then possibly any of the backdoor flush draws with any of those straight combinations with the hearts. And then, of course, your, uh, you know, your ace highs with uh, diamonds or hearts are going to continue as well. So I need to be charging those hands. Uh, the the wrong price to continue. So you need to get about four to one odds to be chasing a flush in uh, No Limit Hold'em. And when I'm betting 28 into the pot of 40, um, it's going to be another 28 to call. So that is going to be uh, basically 28 to call a total of 96. And that's about three to one. And you need to be getting four to one to call correctly. Um, another important part here is a lot of people will bet way too big and they'll actually knock out hands they're dominating. So a lot of people, when they have their premium hands in poker, particularly, uh, amateur players and recreational players, they will bet so much that people will fold. And that should not be the goal. When you are dominating your opponents, you want to do everything you can to keep them in the pot, but you also want to be betting enough to make it incorrectly, uh, for them to call. And that's where the pot sizing uh, gets involved. We're going to talk about that in future uh, videos down the road. But just to, to give you a heads up on what I was thinking there. And so I did decide to bet 28 into the 40. And the guy I bluffed earlier called. And both of the blinds folded. And now we go to the turn. And there's $96 in the pot. So very important part that you need to start thinking about here is... What hands are my opponents going to continue with when I bet the flop? So let's take a step back from this. And if we think about pre-flop, I'm raising under the gun. I'm typically going to have a strong range of hands, anything from, you know, your big pairs, uh, aces, probably all the way downs to, I don't know, maybe fives, fours. I might even get frisky and start raising with threes and twos under the gun. Uh, so certainly I have all of the big pairs available. I have all the sets available in my range, the nines, threes, and jacks. That's going to be uh, three combinations of nines, three combinations of threes, and three combinations of jacks if my opponent's looking at my range. And obviously I have pocket nines, so there's no other combinations of nines available. Uh, I'm also going to have all your big 
uh, cards, uh, your ace kings, your ace queens, and then all your suited aces, uh, your kings suited, so king, queen, all the way down to probably like king eight, and then your queen jack to maybe queen eight, uh, your jack ten to jack eight, ten nine, ten eight, maybe nine eight, nine seven, eight seven, seven six suited range. So I have a lot of combinations there on this board. Uh, but what can my opponent have when I decide to bet the flop? Um, or actually, when I decide to raise preflop and that person calls, what kind of range am I putting them on? Um, I can pretty much at that point discount. They are not going to continue with anything uh, from your aces, kings, queens. I probably would have heard about a raise preflop. So I can severely discount that range for my opponent. And uh, so I'm at this point coming to the flop and then they call the bet. Um, they are not going to be calling with pocket twos, pocket fours, five, six, sevens, eights um, at all. They can't have pocket nines because I have uh, a combination of nines and there's one nine on the board. So that's going to be out. Um, they could be calling with pocket tens. There's six combinations of that left. And, of course, they're going to be uh, calling or raising with pocket threes. There's three combinations of that and then three combinations of jacks left. Um, that's very hard to have. But other hands they certainly could have are going to be, uh, you know, your one pair of hands with a jack, so your ace jack. Uh, there's probably going to be three combinations of that that are suited. Uh, they're not going to be calling ace jack offsuit too often. So I would imagine that they're going to have ace jack of diamonds, clubs, or uh, spades, that's the only one available because uh, Jack of uh, Hearts is already on the board. Uh, same thing with uh, your your King Jack. There's going to be three combinations of that. And then um, you know maybe your, your Queen Jack, same thing, three combinations of it. Uh, your Jack 10, three combinations of it, all suited. And then uh, there might be some one pair hands with a... Uh, a nine, but it's it's going to be very hard to have a nine because I have two and there's one on the board. Um, could also have uh, some hands with an ace with a three. Uh, so ace three suited is really the only hand they're going to have available uh, when they call your bet uh, and they call preflop and then call a flop bet. Uh, ace three suited is really the only hand they're going to continue with here, and it's going to be ace three most likely of hearts. Uh, I guess there's a world where they could call with bottom pair they probably won't do it too often um but actually i would say they, they could call with ace three uh but there's only going to be three combinations of that and the ace three of hearts is going to be the strongest combination to continue so just something to keep in mind um of course my opponent could have all of the flush draw so pretty much any of the ace hands um so ace king is is going to be severely discounted because they probably would have raised pre-flop but, you know, you can definitely have your ace-queens, your um, ace-10, ace-8, 7, 6, 5, uh, 4, and ace-2. And then, you know, certainly your, your king combinations that also have a straight available with it. So you can think of, like, your king-queens. Um, there's going to be four suited combinations of that that would definitely continue. You're going to have your king-10, same thing. Um, your You could have someone call with uh, a king nine maybe um, it's probably only really the king nine of um, king nine of hearts is probably the only one that's going to withstand any pressure um, 
if the bet's big enough on the flop, but they theoretically could be calling with, um, uh, well, I'm sorry, there's only really one combination of king nine left, and that's going to be king nine of hearts, because I have the other two nines, and there's a nine on the board, and they're not calling with king nine offsuit ever. So uh, just some of the things to consider there, uh, and then certainly your straight draws, your your queen eights, your queen tens, uh, king ten, king queen, uh, ten eight, and eight seven, there's going to be, uh, you know, really four of those combinations available go into the turn. So that's why I'm betting 70% of the flop. If this was going to be uh, maybe a rainbow flop, so for example, uh, jack of hearts, three of clubs, nine of diamonds, I might actually make this a lot smaller because there are significantly less draws available. So I'm trying to extract value and I want to keep hands in the pot that I'm dominating. So I'll probably actually make this at that point. I would say the pot was 40. I might actually make a, a bet of uh, maybe 20 or 15 just to try to get some value and keep someone in the pot. So uh, nevertheless, we go to the turn. My opponent called the $28. The pot is now 96 and it becomes a two of hearts on the turn. And this is a great card for me because any of the combinations that I mentioned that were flush draws with the backdoor hearts now they have another flush draw with diamonds and hearts so I can make another bet here on the turn pretty significant size around 70% of the pot again and a lot of the hands that are backdoor flushes with uh, straights are definitely going to call you might get an opponent that will just chase the hearts uh, and you will certainly get opponents that are still going to chase the diamonds um, the somebody uh, another hand that somebody could have would be the ace two of let's say diamonds now also picked up a pair of twos so that's possible uh, certainly they're not folding that um, I doubt they'll continue with the naked two without a flush draw so that'll be hard to do um, but now you're going to keep all your ace threes your ace four ace five ace six ace seven ace eight uh, ace ten uh, and those types of hands, uh, and the same thing with the uh, corresponding king hands that are flush draws. Now you're going to keep all of those combinations in going to the turn, which is fantastic because it's hard to hit a flush. Um, and then uh, nothing else really scares me. So again, there's a lot of draws available, so I want to be charging the right amount for them to make the incorrect call here. And I ended up betting $55.00. Uh, in this hand into 96, and I think that's actually a mistake. Uh, I could probably make that, uh, I'm basically giving the right odds to call going to the river, which is not what you want to do. So I basically offered my opponents 4-1 to one to call um, 55 into what will be a uh, 55 plus, uh, or a 28, uh, 55, it'll be 206 after the turn. So the, the 96 that's in the pot plus my 55 plus the 55 to call. So it's 55 divided by 206. It's basically four to one that I'm offering there. And that's a mistake. I need to make that number around three to one. So if I increase the uh, turn bet here to about, I would say $65, $70, I should be accomplishing that if my math is correct. And, but, uh, not too much has changed there with the board texture except the additional draws, which is great for us. Um, 
Now, when my opponent simply flat calls here, it's very interesting because I, with all the draws, both the straight and flushes that are available, I am thinking that he probably now definitely doesn't have a set of threes uh, or a set of jacks because there has to be some worry here from his perspective that now's a good time to raise me if I was betting with the draws in hopes that my opponent would fold. So that's something to consider as well. So I can further discount this person having anything of significance. Um, it's very unlikely that he stuck around on the flop with a pair of twos to give him a set of twos. So I can also discount that. Um, but then we go to the river and the river is going to be a three of spades. Uh, fantastic card here for me. Um, giving me a full house, second highest full house. I only lose the pocket jacks and then, uh, which is unlikely. And then also pocket threes given the way the hand played out, which is extremely unlikely. So, uh, I'm in good position here. Now, I have to think about what to bet. And in a normal circumstance, the only real part of my opponent's range at this point is I need to be attacking a hand most likely with a jack and a jack only. So your hands that are like your ace-jack, there's probably three combinations of that left. King-jack, maybe three combinations left. Um, I might get you know someone with a queen-jack to call maybe a jack 10, uh, or um, maybe even a jack 8. Those are the, really the only hands that I expect my opponent to show up to with the river. Um, and if they raise here, there's just so many bluffs, it doesn't make any sense, um, unless they had a premium hand to balance the range out. So when I'm trying to value bet here on the river, I normally would be trying to go for a smaller bet, the the... Pot is now $206. I probably, if I'm lucky, if I get half that, so maybe around $105 is a good bet. But because I had history with this particular player and he's seen me bluff pretty aggressively before and there are going to be quite a few missed draws in my range, both straights and flushes, that I easily could have versus the value hands that I'm going to have here. It's a very balanced range from that aspect. Because of that, I actually decided to bet 200, and my opponent instantly called me. And I ended up, uh, he mucked his hand, and I ended up winning a nice $600 pot with the full house, uh, nines over threes. So, um, very interesting hand. Uh, I know I made a mistake on the turn there with the bet size. I think I could have gotten away with a little bit more. Why that's important is because I could have uh, made the pot bigger. And then also, because the pot's bigger on the river, I can now make a, a tiny bit bigger uh, river value bet. And uh, that, in the long run, uh, if you add that up per session you're going to play, you're going to make a lot more money uh, making that play correctly. So uh, I hope you enjoyed this. Um, this is the first one we've done, so hopefully... Uh, you continue to watch and listen. I will get better at these the more I make. So if you do like them, let me know on Instagram, Vito underscore Las Vegas. And then um, hope to see you guys again. Thank you so much for your time. And uh, thanks for listening to the Big Vito podcast.